What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. The dust has settled somewhat from Christmas Day, but thankfully we have Justin Garcia here who was in the building on Christmas Day. So we'll touch on that Giannis performance a little bit. We'll move on to the conversation that has taken up a lot of our programming so far this season, and that's the play of Grayson Allen. But now that Dante is back, uh, what does that mean? And of course, there has been another change to the health and safety protocol rules. So we will get to that before looking ahead to a game against Orlando, if Orlando has enough players to play. Uh, but we'll touch on all that and more. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win daily and also find my work over at ESPN and joining me as he does very regularly from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. You can see he's still working hard. He's still in at the studio there. Today's episode is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Uh, and also, we appreciate you guys making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And uh, I know many of you did that over the last couple of days as you're listening back to the Christmas Day episode. That was obviously a fun game. Before we move on to Grayson Allen, before we move on to the upcoming games, you were in there. Uh, we already mentioned the fact that it was a different environment at Fiserv Forum a year earlier on Christmas Day when the fans weren't in the building. So just in general, the Christmas Day experience, how was that for you? It was great. I mean, it, you went from the uncertainty earlier in the week of, man, it, it's a bummer that this is the second year in a row that the Bucks get to host a Christmas Day game. This time there's finally fans. But, man, it's a total bummer that it looks like Giannis isn't going to be there. and The mayor of Milwaukee, Bobby Portis, won't be there either. And then Giannis is there. It, it felt like the team was kind of sleepwalking, and it was just like, what is happening in the first half? And the building kind of had that odd – energy as well that they were like this isn't what I signed up for but the last five minutes of that game were like any other playoff experience that we've had I think obviously fans being there for a game on Christmas Day added to that but just seeing Giannis do what he did in the second half and the way they closed that game out that game uh, that closed to the Phoenix Suns game last year where they lost on the Devin Booker free throws the way that they held off the Wizards in a regular season game at Fiserv Forum last year. I mean, these are the regular season games in recent memory that stood out where it, there was a buzz in the building and it felt like you were at a playoff game. It was fun. I don't know if you've had time to think about this. I sort of threw Frank under the bus a little bit when I mentioned this to him straight after the game. But in terms of regular season performances for Giannis, does it stack up to anything you've been there for? I, I don't want to compare it to playoffs, particularly the last playoff run because there's no point. I mean, it's not going to be on that level, but where was this in terms of, again, like when you talk about the atmosphere, obviously everyone was in a festive mood. Everyone was fired up. Um, but I think the the greatness of that Giannis performance, I think added to it. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to be outing myself here that I did not hear 
the Christmas Day episode of Locked On, but did Frank have an answer? I don't I don't want to know what it was, but did Frank have an answer? Um, no, he's he sort of okay. just said it was um, one of one of the it, it was one of, I mean, I think the ones that stand out the most were road games. Like you think back to the Portland Trailblazers game last year where it was a crazy efficient game. But I would go back to they lost the game, but Giannis's big performance against the 76ers where Joel Embiid went nuts. That's one that stands out. But to me, I mean, this kind of felt very much like a game against the Blazers before Pfizer Forum, where you could really tell Giannis is, man, this guy is going to be something special where he single-handedly won the game. And it was Wesley Matthews that put him in front. But I mean, Giannis is 29 in the second half and his defense in the final five minutes where the sequences were like Giannis dunk, Giannis dunk, Giannis assist on a basket, Giannis dunk, block. It felt like the close to that Blazers game where it was his offense and defense in the final year of the Bradley Center. And it was in the final, I think, 90 seconds that he brought them back and it was on both ends of the floor that that's that's the comparison that I think of. Yeah, go take a look at the play-by-play if you can't specifically remember this, but it's hilarious to look at uh, Giannis just involved in absolutely everything. Uh, as I mentioned, we are going to get to Grayson Allen, but I figured uh, right off the top, we may as well look ahead to tomorrow night's game. Uh, if I remember this correctly, off the top of my head, 6.30 tip, but they're down in Florida for a couple of games with Six the Orlando o'clock. Magic. 6 o'clock. Uh, don't forget that. Don't listen to me, as always. Uh, that's 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, in case you were wondering. But we'll see. I mean, this game looks like it's going to go ahead, but Orlando is one of those teams that's had a couple of games postponed, and I've got the injury report in front of me right now. Uh, you can almost skip by uh, Brooke Lopez because he's the only name on the list for the Bucks. This injury report is eight pages long right now, right across the NBA. I've never seen anything like it. But if we go through these names for the Orlando Magic, uh, Cole Anthony is out with a right ankle sprain. Uh, Mo Bamba health and safety protocols, Michael Carter-Williams, our old friend with the left ankle, Markel Fultz with the left knee, Jonathan Isaac with the left knee, uh, each one more with a left knee, Michael Mulder, health and safety protocols, uh, Chuma Akiki, health and safety protocols, Terrence Ross, sometimes Buck Killer, health and safety protocols, Jalen Suggs with the right thumb as well. And the problem with the Orlando Magic is, and this has been the case uh, for the Bucks earlier in the season, Uh, But given the COVID situation across the league, uh, to have that many legitimate injuries on the injury report is a cruel blow uh, for this Orlando Magic team. They haven't been overly competitive so far this season, but for the Bucs, with basically a full roster, you've got a couple of games here that you're just going to make the most of. And for the Magic, too, it it seems like it's one more Michael Carter-Williams um Jalen Suggs like they have a list of guys that it seems like they have been injured all season long that they missed the first matchup between these two teams it's just been uh, an unfortunate year for them but these are the games I mean when you look at this week for the Bucks, that you have two games in Orlando against the Magic you we just went through the comparison of the injury report for these two teams this is two games in a row of the healthiest the Bucks have been all season long it's a really bad Orlando Magic team and they're banged up that you have two games against. You got the New Orleans Pelicans, who surprisingly are playing a lot better after starting one and 12. I think they've gone 12 and nine since. Um, but still, it's not a great Pelicans team. You're not going to catch Zion Williamson. Then you got the Pistons on Monday, who are right there with the Magic in the cellar of the Eastern Conference. So 
this remains an incredibly easy schedule for the Bucks. And now that you're getting healthy, you know, we said it once before, but this is a tremendous opportunity for the Bucks to peel off some more wins and maybe add a little bit of separation between whether they move up to second or eventually first in the East, but definitely between that tier of teams right now, the Bulls are in it, but the Bucks, the Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Heat and all the other teams below them, you can add a little bit of a gap with this schedule you have in front of you now for the next week. All right. So I teased Grayson Allen conversation right off the top. We're going to get to that. Uh, but first of all, it's it's the time of year where people are spending a lot of money. So everyone wants to save money and you can do that with True Bill. True Bill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Uh, on average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with True Bill, uh, which is going to come handy around this time of year if you sign up to True Bill right now. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your true bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel those unwanted subs so you don't have to uh, true bill has over 2 million users and helps save over 100 million dollars uh, which is a bit of cash there so don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now that's truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands a year that's truebill.com slash locked on nba We always say this, but we appreciate everyone making Locked On Bucks their first listen of every day. But what about the Locked On NBA podcast, which I was actually on today? So if you finish with Locked On Bucks and you want to listen uh, to more of me rambling on about the Bucks, you can do so on the Locked On NBA podcast. I jumped on with Justin Gatlin, who is our friend from Locked On Rockets. Uh, so he's keeping a close eye. The Rockets fans keeping a close eye on our old friends, uh, DJ Augustine. Uh, another DJ I watched play for the Toronto Raptors uh, yesterday, and he put up a pretty decent stat line, actually, on a Raptors team that lost by a bazillion points uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But uh, that's the state of the league right now. But as we sort of pointed to, the Bucs are actually getting healthy. Uh, only Brooke Lopez on the injury report as of right now, knock on wood. And, of course, that's changing every second around the NBA at the moment. But Grayson Allen has been interesting. Uh, we discussed this going back a few weeks ago, Justin. We said, listen, Grayson Allen has been absolutely outstanding. His contributions to this team to start the season are, are more than anyone could have imagined. But clearly these numbers are going to dip as the season goes on when you hopefully get uh, your important players back into the lineup. There's less touches, less shots to go around. So in November, Grayson Allen was averaging 13.9 points per game, but he was doing that on 47% from the field, 45% from three. We know he was absolutely lights out uh, in December. He's averaging under 10 points per game. And a big reason for that is actually the fact that his shooting splits have just dropped off. So he's 38% from the field, uh, only 36% from the three-point line. Interestingly, interestingly enough, he's actually only taking uh, 0.6 fewer shots per game and 0.7 uh, fewer threes per game. So despite the fact that guys have been in and out of the lineup, we'll see where this trends over the next few weeks here if the Bucks manage to stay healthy and out of trouble on the injury list. But to this point... It's just been an efficiency thing for Grayson Allen more than anything. Uh, and we know he was a little bit ill at the time, but you do at least get a little bit of a sense uh, with Grayson Allen. I mean, he was just completely lights out to start the season. Now he is going to slot back into that genuine role player role, which is why he's a guy that signed the uh, two-year $20 million deal. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would be, and you could obviously say this for any player, but it, it would be interesting to see what did Grayson Allen look like in those games if he starts off hitting two of his first three uh, threes? Because it seems like what we've seen from him in the last couple of games is he starts to off three from the outside. And just then it's it's tougher to keep him on the floor when you're as healthy because, you know, we know how much Bud loves defense. And it's not that Grayson Allen is a bad defender, but especially when Dante DiVincenzo gets back to full strength here at full speed, Dante DiVincenzo gives them more defensive opportunities than Grayson Allen does. Wesley Matthews and what we're seeing from Wesley Matthews, and really, I mean, you, you want to point to the reason why you would say, look, this is what we want. It's the last two minutes of that game on Christmas Day, what Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday were able to do on the perimeter. So I think that's been tough, too, that if Grayson starts cold, as you progress in the game and you get later on, you have more than enough wing depth now that you're healthy, that there's other guys you trust more defensively that are going to get those minutes. So, you know, for Grayson, I think the story for the remainder of the season is just going to be, you got to start hot and you got to make shots early because that's what's going to lead to more minutes for him. He's still averaging the most minutes he's ever played in his career. I think he's only 15 or 16 threes away from uh, hitting the most he's had in an individual season. So it's still going to be, a standout season for him. But, you know, as his team gets healthier, I look at guys like Grayson Allen, how his role changes and, and how he adjusts to it. I think I mentioned on here, and I know I've talked about it quite a bit on our pregame show, um, Boogie Cousins is another guy that, you know, there were some ups and downs with Boogie in the Christmas Day game. But as they're healthy and you have your stars out there, I'm going to be interested to see the adjustments and how Boogie Cousins is utilized as a complimentary guy and how he fits in around Giannis and Bobby Portis that, you know, you, we've gone what, like it feels like a month and a half of having to get by on the absolute thinnest of rosters. And now all of a sudden a couple of minutes into that game where you see here comes Pat Connaughton, here comes Dante DiVincenzo, here comes Bobby Portis. And all these guys are coming off the bench staggered that we're starting and playing heavy minutes for you. And it shows you, how deep and talented this team is. And it's it's going to make things interesting for guys like Grayson Allen, especially. So one of the interesting questions that we'll never get the answer to was whether or not PJ Tucker would have started in the series against Brooklyn if Dante DiVincenzo didn't get injured. But I did get asked by Jackson, Jackson Gatlin on this uh, podcast, Locked on NBA, yesterday. He said, well, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Dante is going to start? I've kind of always assumed that he would come into the starting lineup, but I think that there is an interesting question to be asked in regards to uh, can you actually maximize the the overall skill set of Dante by have him coming off the bench and staggering lineups a little bit? And I think the answer probably when it comes to playoff time is no, you want as much defensive versatility as you can get on the floor because we've discussed this time and time again. Yes, Giannis was incredible. Yes, Chris Milton was incredible offensively. Brooke Lopez uh, had some big moments as well. But ultimately, the Bucs won the title on the defensive end with what they were able to do across the course of the four rounds. And just looking at Dante's numbers from last season, it is interesting. We always look at it and say, okay, well, look at Grayson Allen offensively. He is, he's shooting the ball really well. He can, he can uh, score off the dribble a little bit more. He's got that float again that perhaps Dante's still working on that touch around the basket. But overall, Dante last year was still 10.4 points per game. He got you double-digit scoring, which is probably around where Grayson Allen is going to be. And when you talk about a three-point threat, do I think that the league looks at Dante DiVincenzo as the same caliber shooter as Grayson Allen? I don't. But it still is a shock to me. I don't know how it's still a shock to me every time when I look at it that he shot 38% from three last year. 
and he's getting you six rebounds, and he's getting you three assists, can play make a little bit, and we know what he does defensively. So overall, Dante still, I think, is a better player than Grayson Allen. Do you have any thoughts in regards to what could potentially happen with the starting lineup here? Probably we're looking in a few weeks here as, as Dante still needs to, to ramp up and, and get back to game shape. I, I think I would agree that overall he he does more that fits with this team, that Grayson Allen fills the biggest void in you know, one of the premier shooters that for as many strengths as Dante brings, he's not as good of a shooter as Grayson Allen, even though the, the shooting splits are pretty comparable. But still, Grayson Allen, I think everybody would say, well, I trust this guy more to hit those shots consistently. Um, and I kind of feel like Dante eventually is going to be back in the starting lineup as well. It might be a couple of games. It might be a couple of weeks. But I think eventually he'll be back there. And Grayson will just be essentially your scorer off the bench, that he and Bobby Portis will be doing that. I think I would have probably kept Dante on the second unit if you didn't have a George Hill. And then Dante's coming in to kind of, lead the bench and be the primary ball handler and, and running things there. But you have that depth with George Hill. So I think eventually he'll, he'll settle back there. But, you know, as, as you watch Dante back, and I think, you know, part of it is just, you know, we go off of what we see most recent with recency bias and Grayson Allen's been struggling recently. Dante DiVincenzo, he, would, he didn't have a great game that we had kind of anticipated him to be rusty, but you could see already here's some of the things that Dante does that, that Grayson doesn't necessarily do. And we have seen, Grayson put the ball on the floor and be able to attack the basket a little more than I think a lot of us anticipated this year. But still, that's more of a strength for Dante. And, you know, all the jokes of, well, you know how Dante's back. He missed a couple of shots at the rim. But just seeing all those different things that Dante brought. And I thought as the game went on, too, the one three that he hit was from more of his comfort zone where he takes those shots above the break and those deep threes. In the first half, it felt like they were kind of spacing him and getting him set up in the corner. And that's never been Dante's spot, even though it's the easiest shot in basketball. So when he's hanging around in the dunker spot and when he's back on the perimeter taking those deep threes above the break, that's really his comfort zone. And in the second half, he started to get more of those looks. There is contract stuff that I want to get to here as well. And the Bucks took a, a pretty educated gamble, I would say, with the Grayson Allen contract prior to the season. I think most people thought... Uh, that was a pretty good deal. Uh, maybe not a few uh, national media members, but outside of that, I think uh, most of us thought it was a pretty good deal. But if you're into gambling, then betonline.ag has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the college bowl season and into the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use the mo- your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of those offers we already discussed. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Contractually. There's still going to be a decision to make for the Bucs when it comes to Dante DiVincenzo. And I think it's really difficult to predict where his value lies um, just based on availability that hasn't been there over he- the course of his career so far. And obviously the sample size that we're going to see here uh, leading up to hopefully another long playoff run for the Bucs. Uh, when you mentioned Grayson Allen and your scorer off the bench, now I-, I do think that Grayson Allen is a more versatile scorer and 
a better defender, even though I think he would be classified as you know an, an average defender in in the league. Uh, he brings more to the table than Bryn Forbes, but it's interesting if he does go to the bench and he is classified sort of as that as that bench scorer. It, it is kind of a similar role to what Bryn Forbes was playing with his team last year. We saw that he obviously fell out of the rotation. I don't think that Grayson Allen's going to fall out of the rotation, um, but I can see a scenario where, as you pointed to a little bit earlier, when you really tighten up the rotation come playoff time, you know, Dante's going to be in there. Uh, Wes Matthews looks like he could be a player that's going to be in there. Pat, we know, George Hill, and all of a sudden those minutes really do uh, squeeze up a little bit there. So with that in mind, the two-year $20 million contract that I think that we all like, I mean, we think the value is there. I also like it because that $10 million uh, salary uh, slot there is is a nice one moving forward. If you did want to make a trade, obviously Alan is a valuable player around the league. What do you think we are looking at with Dante? And I know we've discussed this before, so maybe nothing has really changed. But you are looking at a player that I think overall would be viewed as more complete. And if he does come back and move back into the starting lineup on a team that you know, potentially could have a finals run, a championship run, he's going to have some value by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's funny, too, that the uh, the minutes are pretty similar, too, for Brent Forbes. And granted, it, the depth that this team has when healthy this year, uh, it blows last year out of the water when you think back to, especially before P.J. Tucker arrived and how much of a skeleton crew that was at times, that it was really the starting five and they were able to stay healthy for the most part and then a handful of guys on the bench that you trusted. Brent Forbes was a 20-minutes-a-game guy for the Bucks in the regular season. In the playoffs, we saw it drop off to, I think, 13 or so. Um, I, I kind of anticipate if there's no moves made and this team stays as is, at least with the names that we just mentioned, it, it feels like Grayson Allen will probably be around 10 minutes, 10 to 15 at the most, just with the rest of the wing depth you have. And he would come in in those spots to, we need some scoring. So if, if he's hitting shots, he stays on the floor. If not, we use some of our other two-way guys on the perimeter. But, you know, I think we've, talked so much or at least i have whenever you get asked about what moves can the bucks make and i've I've always said i i just don't see it at the trade deadline like maybe there'll be some minor tinkering but one they don't really have the assets to trade right now and we've gone over this before that i just don't think you trade dante during the season because one he's a valuable piece and two you're going to get more value for him in the offseason in a sign and trade but the Grayson Allen thing is interesting because, you know, Dante fits so much with this team. And while Grayson gave you a shooter even better than Brent Forbes that you haven't had in a while, Dante just, he does so much more on both ends of the floor than Grayson that your point of Grayson's contract, I mean, that's the one thing the Bucks really are missing and have been for the last couple of years is they don't have one of those mid-range contracts that's in the 7 to $12 million that you can move off. I do agree that I think Dante DiVincenzo league-wide probably has more value just because of everything he does, even as much of you know as a, a commodity that shooting is, and, and Grayson is certainly a better shooter, Dante does more. And even John Hollinger saying, like, I think Dante DiVincenzo could net a $20 million a year contract in this offseason. It's not a great free agent class either. So I think it's going to be interesting that it's one thing I wasn't really considering until – start to hear Dante's coming back and then you see him back. And if he can continue to add to his game, that's going to be really interesting is 
Does he have a place here long-term? We know how much the team loves him and how highly they think of him. So you work out an extension with Dante and all of a sudden there's a very, very movable contract for Grayson Allen that, you know, let's be honest, as much value as we said Dante would have, 29 teams in the league would take Grayson Allen for his ability to shoot, and especially for that contract that's extremely team-friendly. So the contract I always think to when I think about Dante DiVincenzo just in terms of market value and what a team might ask for, and that's probably why the Grayson Allen contract was a little bit surprising. But I always come back, and again, it depends on the free agent market at the time and and sort of the, the balances across the league and where they have money to allocate. But I always come back to a guy like Luke Kennard who got – was that – is that 464? 464, 464 so, yeah. So I, I think that probably makes more sense for Dante. I, you know, whether he gets up to the 20 mil mark, maybe there's a team that's sort of on the lower end of the, the totem pole in the NBA that wants to splash that money, that sees that value. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's a lot of money. To me, he probably still fits in that 15 to 16 range. And, and just with the $10 million contract for Grayson Allen, the reason why that can be valuable and, and he's only on $4 million this year. Dante's actually getting paid more than him this year as a, as a first-round pick. But uh, the reason why it's valuable is because then you can add one of the, the veteran contracts. So you can add a rookie-scale contract if you have one and maybe a couple of picks, and all of a sudden you're in a, a more competitive salary range um, for a trade down the line. Of course, uh, that's, that's not the case right now you know, with both of those guys on low money. Well, it's, it's funny you say Luke Kennard because, um, I, look, I, I know – I, I just referenced what John Hollinger said. I think we all kind of, as soon as you saw that, you blushed a little bit, like, really? $20 million for Dante? But, I mean, uh, it's funny you, you mentioned Luke Kennard because that's one of the names I thought of. I think of Luke Kennard and Bogdan Bogdanovich that I think was three years, $54 million, that I think Dante is going to get offers in that range, either of the two. Hmm. Yep, Bogdanovich, one to keep an eye on, uh, no doubt, uh, for th- that that money there. And what Dante gets, for obvious reasons, we know that those two are, are kind of linked together for the the failed uh, the Simon trade that, that never went through there. Uh, before we wrap this up, there was some news today. Woj reported that the NBA uh, is looking at reducing the quarantine time or the minimum quarantine time uh, for vaccinated players, staff, uh, referees as well, I believe it was, uh, from 10 days down to six. Um, you know, I mean, I, they base this on whatever they they know. I don't know, but it's just interesting uh, moving forward. Uh, obviously, uh, the Bucks were fortunate in terms of the timing that they were able to get Giannis back on the floor, Dante, Bobby, uh, all these guys for the Christmas Day game. But uh, this will be significant moving forward. Uh, I think the interesting thing is we've seen a lot of these hardship players that have been signed and then they just enter straight into health and safety protocols anyway after being with the team for one or two days. So it's obviously still brutal around the league. Um, If this is what they're being told and this is safe and this is good for the players and and everyone's okay, then I I guess it's a positive. But all this continues to be a little bit weird and a little bit strange. And we're hoping in the next month or so we can maybe uh, have a little bit more of a positive outlook uh, across the league. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was January last year too, where we really encountered most of the issues. I know Drew was in the protocols in early February or mid February. um, But January was when I believe the Bucks had their game postponed against the Wizards. The Wizards were dealing with a lot of it then. I think the Raptors were going through some of it and the Grizzlies. So part of you is like, man, are we just going to deal with this every 
know, New Year's ish in the league every year because it's it's really spiked with 27 guys on Sunday alone, and I think it's been like a 130 players in protocols in the last two or three weeks. I when when they were talking about shortening it from 10 to six, and even some of the talk of well, what if we let asymptomatic players play? Um, the the whole asymptomatic thing is what kind of was my hang up and. Look, I know nothing about what some of these procedures are, but I think part of what they hit in there too with the change from 10 to 6 is provided you pass all the testing that they are going to require to make sure that you can't continue to transmit this, which is big. But it's kind of like, you know, the NFL is toyed with it to the whole, well, let asymptomatic players play. One, you can still transmit it. And two, I think you're just opening up a box that's going to be tough to close because these are warriors that have basically trained their whole life to play through it. And if you say, well, if you're asymptomatic, you can play. I mean, it seems like you're going to run the risk of players that may not be asymptomatic, but aren't really, really dealing with it that are just going to lie and say, yeah, I'm fine. And you're going to start to see more and more of those guys playing. So I think they've seen some encouraging signs in the last couple of weeks with, I mean, think back to the the four guys in the last 10 days that have dealt with it from the Bucks. Giannis said he was a little under the weather the first day, but other than that, he was fine. The rest of the guys that we've been able to ask how they were feeling, kind of the same thing that you're seeing more and more of these guys that are like, yeah, I was pretty much asymptomatic. And that's the reason why they're coming back in 10 days, not so much, well, they're passing protocols, but they're able to go through some of their training and workouts during the quarantine. And there's no lengthy return to competitive conditioning, which was really just as big of a holdup as the 10 days last year and why it was taking guys two and a half to three weeks to return from this because then, okay, I did nothing for 10 days and now I got to go through all this conditioning again. So uh, they're seeing the encouraging signs there. And I'm also pleased that this came after Christmas. So there's not more conspiracy theorists that are like, well, this is just done to get Kevin Durant and the rest of the guys back on the floor for these primetime games. Yes, well, I was glad for my own viewing experience that uh, those guys were able to come back on Christmas Day. But also, again, you just hope that they were feeling good and and ready to actually play. Because as you pointed to, if you give these guys the green light, particularly Giannis, uh, he's going to take it. He's going to take it no matter what. He's proven that time and time again. But we'll see. We'll see where it plays out from here. But uh, if you are into betting, you should be checking out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Steele. And check that out. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, but for now we'll leave it there. 6 p.m. Central Time it is. 6 p.m. Central Time. Bucks and Magic. Uh, a couple of games against Orlando here in the next couple of games. We'll be back after the game to wrap it up. Uh, but uh, for now, for myself, for Justin, take it easy. We'll catch you guys after the game in Orlando. <laughs>